Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga 960. I want to introduce you again to Mark Bukowski, who is the president, CEO, founder of uh, Smart Guy Behind uh, Mercantile Mergers and Acquisition, which is a mid-market uh, M&A firm, uh, both uh, representing uh, sellers as well as buyers, um, and a really smart guy that follows the capital markets and what's going on uh, around the world uh, from a from a market standpoint really closely. And he, he reached out to me and said, Brian, you got to talk about Evergrande again, the uh, the property real estate development company in China that uh, back, when was it? September, Mark, I think we first talked about it uh, because it was you know, teetering on collapse. They were uh, saying they weren't going to meet their uh, interest um, obligations and uh, people were worried it was going to trigger a big problem. And then we haven't heard much from it in the last little while. And you emailed me that this is a concern that we should be very mindful of. How are you? Welcome to our show, and tell us a little bit about why you are really concerned about Evergrande. Well, thank you, Brian. I mean, I do mergers and acquisitions, but I have been following Evergrande. I have advised a number of institutions who have invested in Evergrande. We're concerned because today, Hugh Kai Yoon, the chairman of Evergrande, sold 277 million shares equivalent to $64 million in proceeds to him. In November, he sold 1.2 billion shares, and he's decreasing his position. Nobody is noticing this huge behemoth. They claim that it's a $400 billion deficit at the moment. True estimates, it's closer to $700 billion. The Chinese real estate industry at the moment represents about, in terms of debt, of all real estate, equivalent of unsecured debt of equivalent to $5 trillion US. That's massive. Most of the investors are American, Japanese, and European investors. They're institutions who have acquired bonds and various other instruments and are sitting there right now exposed. The Chinese investors got out in the spring, most of the big institutions. However, there is some good news. There is something called distressed buyers. So the distressed buyers are people who buy debt at a discount. And they're, they're, they're betting on the fact that Evergrande and all the other real estate developers are not going to go bust, even though they've been declared in default. So in, in private equity, they refer to as secondary funds. So secondary funds generally will buy investments from private equity groups that want to exit at between 15 and 20% discount. At the moment, the bondholders worldwide 
are selling off their bonds at 60 cents on the dollar. So distressed investors who are taking a big gamble will make a big bet, big, big score if they stay in and if there is a recapture of value. So they're selling them off at 60% of, so a 40% discount. And you're saying- That's correct. And so that the distressed buyers who are only really counting on a 15 to 20% discount um, could, max, could actually make money versus what they typically buy at. Correct. The big hedge funds, and there's two major hedge funds that are buying up this distressed debt that are believers. One is a Hong Kong group called Lim Advisors, and they've been buying up every single day, every bond available at a discount at about 40%. And the other is Goldman Sachs Asset Group. They're buying up this distressed debt. So there are, there's good news and bad news. If you are a believer and you believe that, I mean, this is, this is all of these securities are backed by real estate. The real estate's not going to go away. I mean, it's going to sit there. They're undeveloped properties, but they're established properties that have been built and growing and, and collecting rent, but overdrawn in debt. Okay, but if so someone's buying if someone's buying at a 40% discount of the debt, then they're counting on the equity is gone. Correct. And and 40% of the 40% more of the property. And so what, what I have no idea what the, the metrics would be in China, but in uh, in uh, North America, it'd be what 25% uh, equity financing, 75% debt. So if the equity is gone, you got 25% of the value gone, and then you're talking about the remaining 75%, and then 40 of that 75% is gone. So you're down to 28, call it 30 of the 75. So you're at 45%. So you're less than half of value. So if if they think that real estate is going to keep at least half their value, then their bet's good. Absolutely. So, I mean, there is an opportunity for distress investors to make a huge, huge upside. So there's good news here as well. There's a lot of bad news because the, the, we're not getting de- any dependable information out of China at all. Nothing that, they, I mean, the propaganda that's coming out of Hong Kong with the various institutions that are saying, stay in, relax, be happy, don't worry, is 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 believe, unbelievable. However, the official Chinese government reports are, we are not going to be supporting the debt. They are sitting on their committees. They they've been, they brought people in to sit on committees to sit and review the insolvency. But as of Thursday last week, Fitch, Fitch declared them as in default and insolvent. So we're now waiting for bankruptcy proceedings. Listen, at 60%, it may... <laughs> bondholders will be rushing for the door, believing they only may get 12, 15 cents on the dollar. So for every every default, there is an opportunity. However, I'm working with institutions who, who came in at 100 cents on the dollar, and at the moment probably would be very happy, very happy if they could get out at 60 cents on the dollar, maybe 50 or less. We're chatting tonight with Mark Wachowski, President and CEO of Mercantile Mergers and Acquisitions about uh, Evergrande in uh, China and uh, the real estate uh, development business, real estate business uh, in China. We're going to take a break for some messages and come back more with Mark in just a minute. Stay with us. 
Stream us live at Saga960AM.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga960. Uh, our topic tonight is the real estate uh, property development company in China called Evergrande. And our guest is Mark Barkowski, who is the president and CEO, founder of Mercantile Mergers and Acquisitions. It's an M&A advisory uh, firm here in uh, Toronto. Mark is an expert at uh, buying and selling mid-market firms. But uh, he's also someone that uh, follows very closely the capital markets and uh, has a couple of times over the course of the last couple of months raised concerns in regards to Evergrande. Uh, Mark, let's take a step back. Uh, let's remind everyone who Evergrande is and how big they are. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Evergrande is the largest real estate development company in China, by far. They're one of the largest real estate development companies in the world, currently sitting with reported $400 billion of debt. Off balance sheet, there's probably an additional $300 billion of debt, and some estimate more an incredibly indebted indebted real estate development co- company that represent more than 5% of China's GDP. However, they're not alone. There are four other large real estate development companies who are not of the same size as Evergrande, but they are also have teetered on, this, on, the, on the verge of bankruptcy. Who are the investors? European U.S., Canadian, Japanese investors. The Chinese investors were given the given notice to get out in the spring. So pension funds, the Canada Pension Fund is a very significant investor in Evergrande. They're currently sitting wondering what to do. They've got their finger in their ear. They've invested at 100, 100 cents on the dollar. Their investment may end up being less than 50 cents on the dollar and estimates from some American regulatory bodies claim it might end up being pennies on the dollar by the time this is all said and done. So tell us, if you could, why these five sizable Chinese real estate companies have this challenge. Uh, Is China just overbuilt? Has it been lent too much money? What's your prognosis? China grossly overbuilt. I mean, there was cheap money. I mean, interest rates are, for all intents and purposes, considered to be free. So these major development companies rolled out these massive developments, many who are sitting vacant. I mean, I, 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 can, I, can, I can relate to various, various developments that are just sitting vacant for the last two years, huge condo developments that have not been occupied, industrial complexes un, unoccupied that were developed and built. There's a sports stadium that's never been occupied. So all these projects were approved by the Chinese government. Foreign debt poured in because they were attracting foreign debt at a premium to what you could borrow. As you could borrow at 4%, they were paying 11%. Mark, help me help, help me understand this. You've got, you know, a billion plus people um, you know, and we see pictures still of, uh, you know, people living, uh, peasants living in uh, squalid uh, conditions. How can there be all these condos and, and towns and developments sitting empty? Surprisingly, there's a lot there's a lot of money. There's a new middle class emerging in China. I mean, we, we expect we, we believe that people there work for 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 
insignificant amounts of money on an hourly basis. There is a lot of pent up demand for these properties. There are people sitting, hundreds, uh, over 100,000 people waiting for these condominiums to be built in China. They're the only, probably the only people that are going to be hurt by this whole calamity. Small property owners who are waiting with deposits, they're going to lose their deposits in condominiums, apartment buildings, and other complexes. Why? Because if they're built, they'd be able to move in. So what you're saying is they're not finished yet. They're not finished. So there's a lot of uncompleted projects. About 26% of Evergrande's developments at the moment are not completed. And the vast majority of those are condominiums that Chinese investors, homeowners have put down deposits, almost guarantee that they're going to get wiped out. But that's not the concern. The concern are the big institutions, the pension funds, the insurance funds, your pension, my pension, that's going to be challenged by the fact that Evergrande is not going to be able to meet interest payments, never mind paying equity payments. I think one of the other reasons, just going back to uh, what caused this problem, is that the typical Chinese investor, um, number one, uh, was scared of the stock market because of a lot of stock market uh, uh, crashes that have occurred. Uh, number two, uh, used to take money out of China uh, and the restrictions uh, were put in place such that they could no longer take money out of China as easily, at least. Uh, and Correct. so therefore, real estate was seen as one of the most uh, safest investments. And a lot of, uh, from what I understand, the newly rich or the, the new middle class were, uh, were buying up real estate as an investment, as well as a place to live, but, 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 but as an investment, a place to uh, hold value. Just like, uh, you know, frankly, we've heard complaints or comments about, uh, you know, a whole bunch of foreign investors buying up real estate in Canada as, uh, as a, uh, a place to put, uh, put cash and secure value, such that you had a lot more demand than natural demand because you had huge investor demand in China for real estate as well. Is that, uh, do you think, true? That's absolutely correct. Chinese investors today cannot exit and send their money outside of the country as easily as, as occurred five, six, seven years ago. There are restrictions. So Chinese have been trying to repatriate or expatriate their money out of the country. So their only hope of investing was the stock market, which many are very leery and very skeptical of. So the average middle-class Chinese family were buying up real estate investments in addition to homeowning. So you know, we have we have the we have a, a middle class manager of some Hong Kong company owning five or six condominiums that are currently at the moment vacant or have not been built yet. So not only are the institutions going to take a hit, but all these middle class Chinese investors and citizens that are going to take a big hit. I got to tell you, Mark, I was in uh, Shanghai uh, a couple years ago. And uh, I was astounded at the real estate development pavilions and presentation centers uh, all over the place that were that were showcasing these master plan communities that were being built out in the suburbs or exurbs of uh, Shanghai, uh, and they were gorgeous. They uh, they looked like you know master plan communities you would have in Florida um, with canals and uh, clubhouses and uh, and gorgeous amenities and golf clubs um, and golf clubs. They were just and and. That you know, a, a typical middle management, uh, middle class person that was living in a pretty small condo in Shanghai was snapping up these things, and they were all buying them with leverage because debt was cheap. 
So they were being encouraged. As you say, the presentation centers, they were on every corner, buy a condo. So as I say, there are middle-class people that, that some middle manager working for a Chinese company, a Chinese government-controlled company that owns five or six condominiums. But even then, even then, people were talking about, is the property um, market going to collapse? That they thought it was in a bubble. And it just kept on going up. It it's, never. It, it, it's no different here. I mean, look at the Toronto real estate prices. Look at any major center in North America at the moment. What is going on? Real estate is booming worldwide. It's Why? a great asset class. Why? Why is it booming? It's a great investment. Real estate has always been considered to be a great investment. And so it's uh, it's just because it's a it's a stock of value that people have more confidence in than others. And that's why it keeps going up. Absolutely. I mean, old school thinking is real estate. It's there. You can touch it. You can feel it. Stock market's been very vulnerable, uh, very volatile. So Chinese investors have stayed very clear of the Chinese markets. They've listed on, on NASDAQ, they've listed in, on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, so we've seen, we've seen, you know, the surge to buy real estate. Chinese investors have been buying up every possible available piece of real estate. So you're talking that's about still going on. You're talking about However, five- most of these projects are uncompleted. So the, chi- the average middle class or lower middle class Chinese investor is going to take a hit. So you're talking about these five uh, real estate, Chinese real estate development companies. You said the uh, Evergrande, uh, the largest, had $400 billion in debt. Any idea what the aggregate debt is for all of them? It's got to be close to a trillion. The aggregate debt reported by Citibank on Friday, and it's an astounding number, is $5 trillion. $5 trillion. $5 trillion. $5 trillion. And uh, that's that 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 nobody in North America has digested that number as of yet. Nobody realizes what the implication will be of a collapse of five trillion dollars. The Hong Kong uh, journalists who are spewing propaganda are claiming this is all going to pass. This is not a Lehman moment, but it is. We're talking about five trillion dollars of bad debt. And you're saying that Fitch just last week said that Evergrande was was uh, insolvent. In technical default insolvent. No reverberation. Markets didn't react today. Nobody noticed. Nobody's taking notice of this fact that there's five trillion dollars. Okay, but only debt. one is insolvent. Is that correct? Evergrande is insolvent. Four others have been declared as being insolvent before the end of December. Year end, there will be five. The five largest are all technically insolvent. Evergrande has been declared as bankrupt. So why is the market not taking notice? If uh, if if what you say is true that Fitch has declared Evergrande insolvent, that the the debt is trading at uh, forty cents uh, off, sixty cents of sixty cents on the dollar. Um, if the Canadian Pension Plan and uh, and other people are big investors and are going to suffer big losses, why is why is the market not noticed it? Yeah. I want to ask you the same question. I've been watching the, 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 the all major markets today and over the weekend, and there's been no reverberation. Nobody seems to notice. We're talking about $400 billion of bad debt with Evergrande, unreported probably another $300 billion. 
in total, all real estate debt of all the real estate development companies that are insolvent of $5 trillion. There has to be some kind of reverberation. Maybe it'll come tomorrow. Maybe it'll come the next day. But the institutions are sitting very quiet, waiting for some kind of some kind of miraculous announcement. The well, you Chinese know, I remember uh... are, the Chinese government are not stepping in. They've made it very clear they're not bailing out these developers. And why are they not develop, taking out these developers? Why? Because the vast majority, probably close to 80% of all the debt is held by non-Chinese. Why would I bother? My citizens, my public, our investors are, for the most part, protected. Let North America, let Europe, let the Japanese investors take the hit this time. They're pretty smart. Well, you know, I remember reading that book, The Big Short. You probably read it as well. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and watched the uh, the movie. And uh, up until, was it Bear Stearns or Lehman first? I can't remember. Lehman Bear, first. Well, Bear Stearns first. And Bear Stearns first. Up until Bear Stearns actually went bankrupt, people weren't expecting the bankruptcy and 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 were shocked by it. And uh, and and then even after Bear Stearns, they didn't think it was going to go wider until it went to Lehman. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the people that were betting against Bear Stearns um, were having to mortgage their homes to keep their short positions in place because the market was moving so aggressively against their, their bet that the, that the real estate market was going to collapse. And so up until it happens, a lot of people don't ever think it's going to happen. Well, it happened on Thursday and there's been no reaction from the markets as of yet. Fitch declared them as insolvent, in default. Normally, anywhere else in the world, that would have caused a shockwave and some major concern. Nothing has happened yet. So are you uh, buying shorts on on Evergrande? Sorry? Are you buying shorts on Evergrande? I don't have have those kind of of strong guts. Not at the moment, but I'm following all the, the distressed buying funds. The hedge funds buy up distressed debt, and distressed debt is very available today. You can buy this. You can buy this debt at sixty percent of value. Tomorrow might be fifty percent. They are betting on the fact that this is real estate, and that someone will salvage this real estate, and it'll clean itself up, and they'll make a forty to fifty percent return on their investment. Not bad, if it succeeds. However, institutions at a certain point have to exit. And right now, all we're waiting for is dependable information, which we do not have. The only insights we have right now are from Citibank in the US that have provided information that in in itself is still not reliable. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We, we are not depending on any information coming out of the Chinese government. We're standing by and watching. We're chatting tonight with Mark Brakowski, the uh, CEO of uh, Mercantile Mergers and Acquisitions in Toronto, about Evergrande, a uh, big real estate development company, property management, property uh, real estate company in China that, according to Fitch, is technically insolvent and in default. We're going to take a break and come back more with Mark in just a minute. Stay with us. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga 960. We're chatting tonight with Mark Barkowski. He is the uh, president, CEO, founder of Mercantile Mergers and Acquisitions, a M&A uh, mid-market company here in Toronto, Canada. Uh, we're chatting about Evergrande, which is a big real estate development uh, um, company in China that has got $400 billion in debt. Mark says it's trading at 60 cents on the dollar right now that hedge funds uh, distressed desk funds are coming in and uh, buying up the debt. Um, Mark, four hundred billion reported. Four hundred billion estimated at seven hundred billion. Okay, if it's trading at forty percent off, that's close to you know one hundred and sixty to two hundred billion dollars. Yes, reported. Let, let's say it's the $700 billion that you, you, you said. That's $300 billion of losses. How can the world financial community, major pension funds, institutions, suffer a $300 billion loss? How do you do that? Well, it's, it, nobody's noticing. How can they? That will affect your pension. Canada Pension Plan is a deeply invested in Evergrande. How much? I mean, they're going much? to suffer. They're going to they're going to suffer significant loss. Any idea how much? No estimates. Canada Pension Plan have refused to release any information in regards to their investments in Evergrande. Frightening. They're being pressed. The media are all over them, asking for what the exposure could be. It could be as significant as a, a, a loss for CPP this year. Just out your of interest, pension, any idea? Your pensions are at risk. My any idea? How big risk. was the uh, the Bear Stearns or Lehman Brother loss? Any idea? Uh, all told, Bear Stearns about uh, thirty-eight billion, insignificant compared to the size of this of this deal. Lehman was just slightly higher at forty-three billion. We're talking about four hundred billion reported. And another uh, uh, approximate $300 billion of bad debt. And that's only Evergrande. The other four real estate developers who've all been 
targeted as insolvent, total about $5 trillion US in bad debt. Never in the history of the world has there been this kind of insolvent position in any company anywhere. So, so but that's only one of the main number of many issues that are confronting China. So as we were all told, invest in China, the returns are great, and they were. Evergrande was borrowing money from bondholders in North America, Europe, and Japan at a premium. So if you were, you were an average investor, a pension fund investor, an institutional investor, you invested in China. Today, you are going to be facing a significant loss on the investment. So Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers are minuscule compared to this. 40 million, 40 billion compared to 400 or 700 billion. And it, what, it, what, Lehman, about the sub, what about the subprime crisis? Uh, you know, how much do you think was lost in that uh, 2008 financial crisis? Uh, that probably totaled no more than probably about 84 to 85 billion dollars. Still, a quarter, less than a quarter of what this this large deal is going to impact the world. Okay, so what 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 do you think is going to happen if 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 you're well, right that that this is a calamity that uh, no one's noticed as of yet, and it is order of magnitude, call it four to five times larger than the financial. Uh, impact of the global financial crisis slash, uh, you know, recession in the Great Recession in 2008. And major institutions worldwide are losing $250 billion, billion dollars or more. Or more, or more. What, what's the impact? Is I this, is this another, will, is this another global recession? Absolutely. Is it a stock I mean, market collapse? I, I, I can't see it any other way. We're talking about $5 trillion of bad debt out of China. Most of that money, approximately $3.5 trillion of that, is coming from North America, Japan, and Europe investors. That's going to impact all these institutions that have loaned and, and are, are not, not getting their interest payments and are going to be in default. It's so a mess. You're going to have major banks and major institutions declaring huge losses this quarter. If this is not salvaged, and at the moment, the Chinese government have said we're not stepping in. All the international investors are restructuring their debt. They're selling off their bonds. They're selling off their debt to some of these distressed debt organizations. That will only last for a short period of time. This is going to hit the major markets. We're waiting for the impact. This could cause a worldwide recession. This alone, why is nobody noticing? Why is this going untold? So what would you do? Would you sell your stocks and uh, go into cash? Well, people, people are recommending to go into gold. Sell, sell your stocks, sit tight, um, but... We don't we don't see any reaction at the moment. Today was another good day on the markets. So what happened in uh, what happened in 2008 is you had a global financial collapse triggered by the collapse of uh, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers uh, and the subprime market. So it started in the United States housing business, effectively. Um, Exactly the same. and, and, And it wasn't a housing collapse worldwide. It was just a housing collapse in the United States that uh, uh, in the subprime uh, market that really then 
you know, have because of the debt, because of the investments washed around the world. And, uh, you know, people were surprised that the Bank of Scotland, for an example, and Deutsche Bank, uh, UBS had major positions in U.S. subprime debt. Uh, and that's how it, it it was sort of like a pandemic that uh, it started in one spot, uh, but quickly infected the whole world. Is that what you see happening here? I see exactly the same thing. You're speaking of UBS. UBS is a very significant shareholder in Evergrande, and they've they've arranged a significant amount of debt. They're probably the most exposed European bank. They're going to take a very big hit, probably more than any other institution in Europe. So after the global financial or in the global financial crisis, um, to, to insulate the economies and all of us from it, uh, governments around the world had to become very lax with interest uh, um, rates. Um, you know, we had this uh, um, quantitative easing um, where uh, the banks uh, put more money into the into the market um, by buying bonds. Uh, you had uh, um, deficits run up by governments worldwide as they put uh, more money into the into the system and deficit finance like never before. Um, but we've sort of used all that in the last year and a half because of COVID-19 and lockdowns, such that there's not much more that is left to do that, is there? There's no more, there's nothing left. I mean, Canada is deeply indebted. All the jurisdictions around the world, having supported COVID, have, have acquired a substantial amount of debt. How are we going to fight this next big campaign of Chinese debt in default? It's going to affect the markets. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I'm, You're I'm not sure what to say. I mean, we're waiting for a serious calamity. There can't be $5 trillion of bad debt that hits the market without, without some kind of major impact worldwide. But nobody has taken notice. Nobody's talking about it. Yes, the institutions are talking about it. It's all over the blogs. The major newspapers have small articles, but nobody's realized yet that this is a serious issue. Mark, if people want to uh, sort of just keep a watch, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I mean, what's being reported out of China is just gobbledygook. We're not getting any proper disclosure information out of China. Nothing coming out of China no reports out of Evergrande, no reports out of any of the institutions, we're being left in the blind. I mean, we don't know what's going on. So some of the institutions that I'm working with currently have their own reporting, their own estimates, but we have no confirmation, no audited statements, no dependable financial reports coming out of China, nothing. So we're just standing here blind. At least with Lehman, we knew where, where investors stood. We knew what the, the amount of debt that was outstanding. We knew who the debt was outstanding to. We knew the same thing with Bear Stearns. Here we're blind. And maybe that's why nobody's noticing. But you'll keep us up to date, right? Well, I am following this story to the minute. We're chatting with Mark Borkowski tonight. Uh, he's the president and CEO of Mercantile Mergers and Acquisitions, a Toronto-based uh, M&A mid-market uh, company, advisory company that buys 
uh, advises people on purchases and dispositions of uh, middle market uh, assets. Uh, he's an expert in the global financial uh, markets. He's watching Evergrande and the Canadian, uh, sorry, not the Canadian, that's a Freudian slip if I ever heard one, that, the, uh, watching the Chinese real estate uh, market. And, um, and he's going to help us uh, through this process. We're going to take a break uh, for some final messages and come back with including comments in just a minute. Stay with us. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour, Saga 960. We're chatting tonight with Mark Markowski, who is the president and CEO of Mercantile M&A Merchants and Acquisitions, a mid-market M&A firm here in Toronto. And Mark, I understand that uh, we've now got a second uh, real estate development company in China that's in trouble. Second largest real estate developer. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Shimeo Corporation defaulted on their bonds last night. Fitch, we expect that Fitch will be declaring them as in default. If we combine Evergrande and Shimeo together, it would be equivalent to the size of four Lehman failures, possibly five. This is world shattering. Why is nobody noticing? The financial markets aren't noticing. The Chinese government is not prepared to step in. They've sent in advisors. They're not, they've, conf- they've denied the fact that they will be making any investment or providing any funds. We wait and see. And, and so we were talking uh, about how, si- how uh, sizable Evergrande is. How, size is. how sizable is the second largest one? Probably about $220 billion. So Evergrande's initial debt is $300 billion. Shimea are at around 200 to $220 billion plus more, but that's declared. So. We're looking at in excess of half a trillion dollars of default. And what you were saying is that, uh, that if uh, one or two go, the rest have got to have challenges themselves. And frankly, just them defaulting is going to have impact on the property market, which is going to you know, trigger a, a far uh, larger uh, catastrophic uh, impact by itself. Absolutely. The chairman of Evergrande yesterday said there's going to be no fire sale on the real estate properties, but that is just smoke and mirrors. There will, be, there will be all kinds of groups coming in. What is taking place at the moment is that the distressed funds that buy distressed bonds, and they're able to buy them now at a great discount, Goldman Sachs is in there buying up all these bonds in anticipation that these real estate properties will come available um, and will be bought at some fire sale price. So why don't you think, why do you think the uh, financial markets are paying more attention? I, I, we can't understand it. I mean, I'm I'm speaking with colleagues in New York, in Zurich, on Bay Street, and they're saying we're noticing the markets aren't. I mean, the investors are, the institutional investors are taking note. You know, they're, they're on the line. The Chinese investors got out the smart money, as we would refer to it, got out in the spring. Whenever Grant had indicators that they were going to default, 
the smart money, which were the Chinese banks, got the institutions, they all got out. So there's a small component of Chinese investors currently sitting there. And most of them are people who, uh, who bought condominiums and have deposits outstanding. The vast majority of the bonds and the debt is being held by American, European, and some Canadian pension funds. We're going to feel it. Is this because we're just, we feel insulated in Canada or the United States from what goes on in China and China, Chinese real estate? I think it's because we get very little disclosure from Chinese companies. I mean, the Chinese government disclosed very little. Evergrande is reporting a limited amount of information. The bondholders at the moment are having great difficulty getting any information. So we're kind of like waiting for something to happen. Is it because, you know, this can't be as big as COVID and, uh, and you know, this variant that seems to be accelerating dramatically and doubling uh, its infections every three days. Maybe that's what people are worried about and concerned about. Or maybe we're all just sort of, you know, we're overexposed. We're overimpacted. We're hearing so much negative news. We got, we got uh, you know, COVID-19 and then we got variants and then we got uh, mental health issues and then we got um, you know, climate change. And then we got uh, January 6th and uh, people being charged criminally because they're not uh, disclosing stuff. And like, there's just, we're, we're overwhelmed by how much stuff is going on. And a Chinese real estate development company can't trigger a worldwide financial collapse because it's just so meaningless, isn't it? It's meaningless, but the numbers are astounding. We're looking at, at the moment, reported of more than half a trillion dollars of bad debt. And most, most of that bad debt is going to be held by institutions that manage our pension funds and insurance funds. There's a calamity coming. There's a calamity coming. So, Mark, what are you telling people? What, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing we need to tell people. We can't get proper information. All we're getting is, is Bloomberg reports, and they're getting it secondhand. So sit and wait. I'm not sure that there's more we can do. Should we be shorting the Chinese market? Shorting? Uh, can we short these uh, Evergrande stocks? There, there's a lot of shorts in the market. I, personally, I'm staying away from this one. And I would recommend to all of your listeners, they do the same. Let nature take its course at the moment. So when um, you had the subprime crisis in the United States, lots of people thought that this uh, real estate uh, negative real estate impact would go around the world. And it went a lot around the world. You had uh, you know, huge depreciation in prices in the United States. You had depreciation in prices in major metropolitan markets in, uh, in Europe um, and elsewhere. Uh, and debt, obviously, that uh, went into default everywhere else. But the Canadian market was insulated. Uh, the Canadian banks were well capitalized. The Canadian banks didn't seem to have a big impact. Um, and, um, and, uh, and Canadian real estate, um, you know, didn't suffer a decline at all. And, you know, you take a look at the statistics, you've probably seen it, um, you know, Canadian real estate prices to incomes and real estate prices to rents are at where the U.S. was in 2007 before exactly. the crisis. In the, subprime -ish, in the subprime era, Canadian banks were not as, as invested as the Americans were. Their products were not sold in Canada as actively. So we were insulated. We were lucky. We missed the bullet. And are you saying we're not as insulated this time? Not this time. Canada because, pension plan. Because the CPP has invested so much in the Chinese real estate development companies. Exactly correct. And in various infrastructure projects in China. So all of these investors that were offered great interest rates and great opportunity in China took them 
A lot of Canadians did so, and we're going to be exposed this time. Is there a commentator that uh, you follow closely, most closely about this? They're, they're, they're mostly out of Hong Kong at the moment. And the most, the most logical and probably the best spokesperson or spokespeople are the people from Bloomberg. They seem to have the best insight. So they're issuing press releases and, and, and notices probably every few hours. So something's going on. Something's going on. But we just can't get to the bottom of it at the moment. So if you had to sort of think about the, the, the things that worry you about the marketplace right now, um, obviously Evergrande and, uh, and other Chinese real estate development companies are at the top of the list. What else is concerning you about the economy? Are you concerned about COVID and variants? Absolutely. We're concerned as Canadians about the Canadian debt load. They reported the budget deficit yesterday. And I mean, it wasn't exactly as they had reported. It's about $7 billion less, but it's very, very substantial debt. New infrastructure projects can't be developed in Canada as long as we have such a heavy debt load. And Ontario spending a lot of that, uh, the benefit of uh, the increased tax revenue on, on additional uh, expenditures. Uh, does that concern you? Or do you think it's justified because of the continued impact of COVID and maybe even worse? They announced, a 40, they announced a $40 billion payment to Indigenous children. $40 billion payment for indig Indigenous children. I mean, that's another big block of tax revenue. That's one third of the deficit going forward just to Indigenous, indigenous children. All of these projects are being postponed. Yesterday was reported that the, the uh, development of all the uh, forests planting a billion trees were sort of like one-tenth of the way there. All the promises made haven't materialized. So all these infrastructure projects that have been on the books for two and three years have been postponed or kicked down the, kicked down the road. Okay, so Chinese real estate, COVID and its variants, debt. High debt loads. Those are three. What's your fourth and fifth? Fourth and fifth, I guess, is personal, personal credit. I mean, people are in deep debt. As we talk to colleagues, People's credit cards, the credit card companies have record insolvencies going on. The insolvency community, of course, are not doing corporate insolvencies at the moment because the banks told the banks, the government called all the bank presidents to Ottawa in the spring and said, it's COVID, back off, give all your, your, your borrowers some time to arrange other, other facilities or work with them till the end of the year. Well, we're at the end of the year. The banks are now saying, hey, we've held off. We haven't pulled the pin on a lot of these companies, but we're going to have to do that because we're not investors. Banks are lenders. So you're going to see corporate insolvency start to take place. Corporate insolvencies at the moment and bankruptcies are at the low point in the last eight years. They're at the lowest point. Personal insolvencies and bankruptcies are off the chart. So you're going to see, you're going to see insolvencies among businesses. And the, probably the hardest hit are going to be the hospitality restaurants, hospitality industry, restaurants, and people in that, and retailers, for the most part. Retailers, restaurants, they've been hit, uh, you know, incredibly Very hard. So, so um, Chinese real estate, uh, COVID-19, debt deficits, personal uh, debt, and debt insolvencies. What's your fifth biggest concern? I, 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 this, what else is there to really to concern yourself about? The Fed in the U.S. is coming up with their announcement later today. So we're sort of concerned about it, but interest rates are likely going to remain pretty stable for the time being, because they're, again, they're sort of putting off the bad news for the time being. 
but the, the first four are good enough. Are good enough. Mark Wojcicki, president, CEO, founder of uh, Mercantile M&A, mid-market uh, M&A firm. If you're looking for someone to give you some advice on selling your business or buying a business, Mark's your guy. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Well, that's my show for tonight. I'm on every Monday through Friday at uh, 6 p.m. on 960 a.m. You can stream me online at www.saga960am.ca. Mark Wojcicki, thanks so much. Good night, everyone. Have a great evening. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.